Hello and welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. Today, on your Monday, we're going to be talking to Lee. We're going to be talking to him about the Parramatta Eels and the Sydney Roosters. We start off with the Sydney Roosters, talking about them, their club, what they need to do right in order to get to the finals this season and potentially win a premiership. We also talk about Para. And talk about Parrot in a really good light. I think they really have a good side this season and have a lot of potential in this competition. They could even see themselves in a top four, top two spot. It's going to be a very interesting season. Can't wait to talk to Lee about this one. It's a really, really good conversation. I enjoyed it and I hope you guys enjoy it too. So sit back, relax and enjoy episode five of the Halftime Chat. Hello and welcome back to episode five of the Halftime Chat with Lee Addison. I am your host, Big Les, and we've got the one and only, the coach, the master coach, should we call him, Lee Addison, sitting here with us. How are you, Lee? You're lucky I've not got a beer in me and recording with you on a Friday night. <laughs> Although whatever, whatever you've been drinking today, I've seen you throwing something down your neck. Well, ginger beer, non-alcoholic, ginger I'm trying. Beer. I'm, you I'm um, you must be full of sugar because you went on you went on your story before and said we're doing three other teams. Oh well. Oh I, mate, I'm good. Look, I'm happy. I'm happy to use that as an excuse, Lee. If that's the excuse mm-hmm, we're using, mm-hmm. I'm happy to use that. Bundaberg ginger beer, ladies and gentlemen. It get, makes you say stuff you're not meant to say. So there Super you go. Cool. There we go. First of all, aim high program. How's it all going? How have the sessions this week gone? This week been washed out, um, but next week big roadshow starts. So a week and a half in Brisbane at three different venues, and then off to Melbourne for two days, uh, and then Easter happens, and then I'm in Sydney for three days, and then off to the UK to deliver over there. So big roadshow. Uh, so it's going well, going well, and looking looking forward to it, and looking forward to uh, meeting all the kids and giving them some good experiences. Well, that's always great to hear, Lee. Always great to hear. We'll start off with the first team, the Sydney Roosters. What are your thoughts on the Sydney Roosters this season? Um, what can we expect from them over the next few weeks? But generally, what what is what are your thoughts on the Sydney Roosters? What have, notes have you got there for us? When I first saw them play against Newcastle Knights, I thought they looked a bit heavy-legged and compared to Newcastle, and Newcastle beat them to the punch at everything. I thought to myself, maybe Robbo's done a bit of extra conditioning. He's, he's sort of getting them to 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 peak a bit later in the year because grand finals aren't one in sept uh, in March. They're one in September, October, and, and the like. So I sort of gave them benefit of the doubt. Round two, they did okay. Round three, they went down again. Um, and I know Souths are a bit of a bogey team for them, actually. Yeah, shut up, Les. And um, um. And South are a bit of a bogey team. So I actually think there's more pressure on the Roosters. Um, and I thought what really worried me about their performance against South, I actually thought they were ill-disciplined. Not ill-disciplined from the point of view of starting fights or whatever, 
or even giving away penalties. It was just forcing passes when they didn't need to force them or making defensive decisions they didn't need to make. You know, it's just everything that has won the Roosters, the competitions in the past, they just so many things didn't seem right. So, look, I can't go back on what I said in, in round one in that I feel that Robbo wants them to peak a bit later in the year. But there are things popping up. There's people starting to question Walker's defence now, mm. whether that's up to scratch. And I also think, and no doubt this will come up, if you want to put your slide up, mate, because, um, mate, when you look at these losses, what an awful lot of experience has walked out the door. And the big one for me, Boyd Cordner. I think Boyd Cordner, Boyd Cordner was possibly the, the beating heart of the Roosters that we've seen for the best part of the last decade. I think he's a good mix of um, leader, brain power, but also uh, brawn. And he was uh, a very respected footballer. I think that's a massive loss. And you can't, let's take Corner out of it for now. Jake Friend and Brett Morris and Josh Morris. That's an awful lot of experience gone out of the out of the door. And I tip Roosters at the start of the competition. I'm not going to sit here and rule them out. I also think my man Teddy, James Tedesco, I think they possibly need to either say to say to him, play 5-8 today or play fullback. I think he's trying to do a bit of everything and I think the captaincy is in there a bit as well. He's had a great start to the year, but he's... I don't know. I, there's something not quite right with him and I, and I, and I, I think there's a bit of work to do and I, I want to take away now this premiership favouritism that I gave them because <laughs> I, 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 at the minute I'm... I'm a bit worried about it. Well, first of all, about Cordner, don't forget he was also Australian captain, uh, New South Wales captain, and probably won a lot of games as captain as well for the New South Wales Blues. Um, so th- that even that in itself is a yeah. big loss for the Roosters side. Um, yeah. Trying to notch a few wins at the start of this season, having that brawn, yeah. having that guy that runs the perfect hole. Um, it, it, it does take a big toll on that team. Jake Friend as well. Um, Brett Morris and Josh Morris, that experience and, and the flair from them was, yeah, it'll be, be sorely missed. But they do have a lot of young guys coming through that will sort of replicate that over the next few years. Mm. I have a lot of confidence in Suwali, whether he, de- well, not debuts, whether he starts to play a bit more football. Uh, mm. halfway through this season or not, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. They've also got a few other guys in there. Paul Monorowski, Kevin Naguama, bit of experience. Billy Smith's been in the side regularly and he is in the side this week, to my knowledge. So uh, they've got a lot of confidence in him. Whether those young guys can replicate the flair um, that, you know, was lost with Morris, lost with Cordon, lost with Josh, Brett, it's going to be... It's going to be an interesting few months for the Roosters, although I do have a lot of confidence. Talking about Sam Walker, though, I think Sam Walker and Luke Keery, um, whether Luke plays six and Sam plays seven or Sam plays six and Luke plays seven, I think that needs to be solidified. And then they sort of need to work out their roles because, I don't know, going to the Roosters and South game the other night, it was sort of like 
one was playing off the cuff and one was playing structured. And then at the next point, yes, yeah, they swapped roles. I think they need to sort of look at their roles and sort of look at who well, don't, the guy that's going to be taking your side around the park and who's the guy that's going to have that little flair and add the mm-hmm. spark. And I mean, they both can add a bit of spark of their own, but I think they need to sort of work out roles. I was watching I was watching the North Devils in the Queensland Cup the other day as part of my job on the Queensland League scene. And, um, mate, Rowan Smith, great coach, it looked like he had four or five different pivots. Just because you've got six on your back or seven on your back doesn't mean you have to play a certain role, you know. And don't be surprised if the Roosters are actually swapping it on purpose to keep the opposition guessing. Mm. You don't have to have a six that stands two out from the rook. You don't have to have a seven that stands one out from the rook. You know, there's so many things you can do. You can have split halves. You can have three pivots. You can have four pivots. You can have 13 pivots if you want. Mm. The, yeah, I... But what you're talking about, I think, is, and I think I I throw Tedesco into that mix too because I think he's been doing a little bit of um, what you don't want is Tedesco to run at you. You'd rather him pass the ball sometimes, right? Yeah. And and I reckon Teddy's probably been doing a little bit too much passing, passing, popping up in the passing places rather than the running places, and. And when I say running, he might run and then pass on instinct rather than thinking I now need to pass the ball to get it to a certain point. So there's no doubt that there's a few gaps there or a few um, things that need straightening out. Hmm. When we talk about para, I'm going to use a certain theory. I'll wait till we get to para to explain that theory and then refer back to the roosters. Because don't forget, I did also say that Conditioning-wise, it looked to me like the Roosters were saying the comp is won in September and October, not not um, March. Bear in mind, I did an interview with Teddy as part of my stuff in January, February, and he said he'd not been on the training field yet because he had proper off-season surgery. So, mm. you know, there's all these things to... I think long gone are the days where people think they're going to win every game in the NRL. And go undefeated all year. Yeah. Like it's just not it's just not like comp anymore. It's just not that kind of comp. I think I think the comps I think I agree with you there. The comp's gotten so much closer. Mm. Especially over the past few months. It's gone from the top eight and the bottom eight are completely separate to what is the top eight, what is the bottom eight. We do it just keeps us guessing because I think, it, yeah. I think it, over the past four months, the well not the past three months, sorry, the, the ladder's been flipped on its head to what people thought it would be. And what it was last year. Uh, I don't disagree, but when the week week on week grind kicks in, that's when you'll start to see the wheat from the chaff. So the week on week grind. Um, I mean, I dare say the Titans nearly had the pants pulled down last night. I didn't see all the game, but the Titans nearly had the pants pulled down because they're they're probably playing the West Tigers and probably went in a little bit relaxed. Um, that's what can happen sometimes, and then also the injuries and the injury tolls that start to mount up. I always say after round four, I'm going to look at the at the injury tolls and look at NRL physio and see what the casualty ward's like. And it's normally always ridiculous after round four. So, um, yeah, and to, it's, it's interesting in that regard. In terms of players coming off contract in June 1, I think a big one for me is Angus Crichton. Now, Look, I've, I've talking to a few mates today and they've been saying that Angus Crichton hasn't really stood out as much as he has 
over the past 18 months. Because over the past 18 months, especially last season, he was fantastic for the Roosters. I think Satili Tupanua is really standing out now. We've seen a few games where Angus Crichton's gone to the bench. So, look, these young guys coming through are really sensational. Angus Crichton, I would love to see him in a Roosters jersey for a lot longer. Um, but what are your thoughts on Angus Crichton? Uh, is he a pivotal signing for the Roosters? Is he, is he a guy that you think they have to re-sign? I still think one of my really good mates is his player manager. Mm. So if I say anything bad about him, I want to get a phone call or a text off my said good mate. <laughs> nah, but I'll be honest. I think he came back to the pack a little bit in the last couple of years. Mm. Definitely last year. And I think he needs a big year this year. Um, when we've, whenever we're talking about players and, and teams coming back to the pack as well, we've got to throw in this big thing called COVID over the top. Yeah, a lot of them, a lot of them have had the lights turned upside down. So, better credit, you know, uh, benefit the doubt, credit where it's due. Angus Crichton is a good footballer. I think we all just want to see a, a bit better footballer out at football out of him. And with his with his contract being up, it's in his interest to play well so that he either gets a better contract out of the Roosters or he gets a better contract somewhere else. What are your thoughts? I. I guarantee that you would have seen a little bit of this guy since you are a Super League fan. Kevin Naguama. What are your thoughts on Kevin Naguama? He's obviously coming off contract as well. Uh, is he a pivotal guy that you sort of need to re-sign? I know he's, I think he'd be in his early 30s right now, if I'm if I'm right. Um, what are your thoughts on Kevin Naguama? Obviously, he had a great season for the, in the Super League before coming over the Roosters. Just a great professional. Great professional. And what you see is what you get each week. So I don't think... When he got signed, he was getting signed to be in the first 13 chosen. But when they do get a couple of knocks, he is not going to let anyone down and he's going to be a fan favourite. He's a great professional. He's been an excellent professional for a long time. Mm. Whether he signs another contract or not, I suppose only his body can tell him that. Um, I got the feeling that Kevin Naguama was signed to be that cover. Um, and it's an excellent signing in that regard. Excellent. Yeah, I think both of these guys... Um, look, now, I'm just going to ask you this question, and I have nothing against Crichton, and I have nothing against Naguama. Mm. Say cap, money, cap, money in the cap is tight. Yeah. Are you giving more to Crichton, or are you giving more to Naguama in terms of depth, in terms of guy, a backup? Um, what, what would sort of be your priority? And I think this is might be even a stupid question because I've Crichton's sens- a sensational player and I might just be judging him too hard. Yeah, I, I don't think it's an apple versus apple. I think the question you probably need to ask there is that, and bear in mind, one of the best mates is his manager, I think. <laughs> Angus Crichton, being an origin player and whatnot, can probably command top dollar. Yeah. For one Angus Carroll Crichton, you could probably get two... Kevin Naguamas at their start of their season or at the start of their career or at the end of their career. So, and that's not underplaying Kevin Naguama. I'm just saying he's in the twilight of his career. So he's probably just getting one last contract or, or whatever it may be. Um, so I think that's the question. Um, well, let's look at the signings, mate. I mean, you've only got two people there. Like, mm. 
I suppose Kev, was Kevin Aguama not one of them too? Should should he have been in that column? Yeah, he should be in that column. What about Freddie Lussick? Freddie Lussick, um, he was signed. He's been in the system for a while, but he's on a loan deal at the moment to the Dragons. Uh, I was just going to say, which was the Lussick that was in Super League? I coached Darcy. 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 And he's no, been... but then one of the younger brothers was there too, weren't they? Um, what did he, Joey Lussick? Was it Joey? Possibly, yeah, yeah. He just went back to the Super no, League. I, I, know, I know the dad and I know the Darcy from my time at Manly. Hmm. And I remember um joey because i taught him at saint augustine's in sydney and mm. um yeah i just get mixed up sometimes because a couple of them look so similar now as well um yeah so you know that's a small signings column compared to what's gone out the door so that would suggest that they've got something in reserve you know a club like the roosters ain't going to have mm. a a year where they just forget to sign some players or struggle to sign players, you know, like it's. Would you, would you consider if you were Trent Robinson or if you were the key guy organizing the signings for the Roosters, would you consider letting Angus Crichton go for some money for some other players considering the depth? Yeah. Like to me, no player is ever too big not to be let go. Hmm. And have you, have you noticed Roosters is one of those clubs that doesn't get into wrangles of play with with players and player agents? To I'm sure they get in wrangles, but you know, can you imagine? So I don't want to name names. So I don't. I don't have a problem with anyone demanding more money. But there's been some news this week that Payne has is hanging out for more money. Right? Can you imagine that conversation at Roosters or Melbourne? Out the door. Yeah. Maybe not out the door, but it's just you know it's just not happening. Like yeah, yeah. Well, number one, it probably won't elite, and number you know. So, and I'm not criticizing Payne. Hass. I I I like Payne a lot as a person, as a player. Mm. I want him. I want him to earn so much money that he retires the minute he plays, and then never has to work a day in life. That's what I want. <laughs> but but what I'm saying is, those things just don't happen at a club like the Roosters. The club the club will keep marching on, and. Just like Melbourne will keep marching on, and if they drop a little bit, well, so be it. They're, they're not going to go into free fall, and I think that's what Luke Robinson has created at Roosters. Now, he did have a bit of free fall early in his reign. They went from premiers, I think, to wooden spooners in two years, some stuff like that. But I just think this is now one of the powerhouse clubs. Um, they're going to win more than they're going to lose. They're probably going to finish top four. You know, big wow. You know how how poor. You know, uh, whether they're going to win the premiership or not is the other question. Now, we haven't talked about this guy yet, but he's also in the signings column, Connor Watson. Uh, what are your thoughts about him and what position do you think he's best at? Because he's playing nine at the moment. Personally, I think he's a great 13, but obviously you've got Victor Radley there. 14 as well, he plays really good off the bench. What do you think his best position? Don't know about best position, and I think, utility you've just mentioned utility mm. a utility and i think that in a squad that you don't don't forget any squad this year could have three players taken out because of covid at any time so if you could the more utilities you can have the more fillers you can have that's better for your squad balance or squad if you've got a utility in your team it gives you a, it almost frees an interchange up here so again i mean i don't think anybody needs to have a best position personally I like him at nine or thirteen, um, but no, Connor Watson could probably play anywhere, really. So, 
Yeah. Yeah, it'd be very, very interesting. Um, but I think he's probably going to play nine for the rest of the year from what it looks like until obviously Brandon Smith comes next year. Uh, then not too sure whether he is a, whether he is a 13 or a, a, a 14. He probably most likely will be a 14 because Victor Radley, I don't think is going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, it'd be very interesting to see how, where Connor Watson ends up. Uh, but Renoff Tony as well. He's been signed for the next 18,000 years from what it looks like. Um, no, nah, well, <laughs> I, I made an error there, but 2023, it's supposed to be a closed bracket. Um, yeah, but 2023, uh, Renoff Tony, he's a really good front rower that they did get from the dogs. Really, really strong and, and tough. And I think that he's a good little addition to their side. Whether he'll get some games on the bench this year, I don't know. He's quite young, um, but I'm very excited to see how he goes. Um, yeah, totally. I don't disagree, don't disagree with you. Don't disagree. Sorry, I'll just nip in there. I know you're looking at your notes. The um, um, uh, Roosters are the kind of team that will bite you on the arse if you write them off too quickly. I mean, for all what that squad, what that ladder is looking like, that ladder, sorry, that graph, a lot of experience out the door and a lot of youth left. So if we're saying good things about the youth at Titans because they're young and that's probably, we've got to say the same thing here, they're going to grow together. Sam Walker will be a better player at the end of the year than he is now. For sure. No two, no two ways about it. No two ways. And speaking about Sam Walker in the in these key players for 2022, um, mm. we've also got Drew Hutchinson here. Um, and I really like Drew. I think he's done a really good job at the 14. The thing I'm confused about is each week they start Connor Watson at nine and they have Drew at 14. And last minute they put Drew at starting nine and have Connor Watson coming off the bench. Now, I think it's really good because obviously Connor Watson then becomes that utility that can just play anywhere in the side. Um, but Drew, I really liked his his footy at nine. I think he's been a really good nine for the Roosters. I think he's played think, great football. So I think sometimes sometimes what, what commentators on the game do, and that's what you are, you're a commentator on the game, you're passing mm-hmm. comment on it, and a lot of spe- spectators and uh, newspapers and whatnot, they always talk about the players, like that player should play now because he's the best at that position or whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Coaches quite often will think from the tactical aspect. So, or the Ducks and Drake. So, for example, can you imagine if you were an NRL coach and you're planning all week for Connor Watson to be at nine and you've got your marker system prepared accordingly, whatever it may be, you've you've done homework on Connor Watson and you've done 10% or 20% of that homework on Drew Hutchinson and then all of a sudden, an hour before kickoff, it changes. Mm. That's the kind of thing. It's just to keep them guessing. And that a change like that, could be the difference between the Roosters scoring a try or not. Mm. And that try might be what wins them the game. And that's what coaches do all the time. They they play Ducks and Drakes. You know, once for a grand final, I didn't want the opposition to have a Scooby-Doo what team I was picking. So I named every player in alphabetical order in my squad for the match programme. Well, um, there you go. Far and we won. And we won because the opposition didn't have a clue who we were playing. Mm. Could you imagine looking at a team sheet um, being the opposition coach and seeing a front row at fullback and a, a lock. There's, no, there's, uh, there's nothing. There's nothing in the game's rules to suggest you can't. Mm. So ultimately, it's just a jersey, isn't it? Like yeah. it's, um, you know, as, 
don't I don't know what the NRL sheds say on the team sheet saying on, but I am familiar what they are the rugby football league team sheet saying. They actually say stand off and scrum half. Yeah. Well, what if you don't as a coach you decide not to have that distinction? Yeah. I've played a game with no halves before now. So what do I do? Find a new sheet of paper or Yeah. I've played a game with my fullback playing half and I've played two extra props and I won a grand final doing it. There you go. Um, so, you know, ha, ha, you know that, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, the, this, this, the whole reason this has come up is we were talking about players and where they go. The reason that will be changing is because Trent's got a, a tactical thing in mind or he's giving the opposition coach something to guess about or it could be something else, something as simple as um, Connor Watson's carrying a bit of a knock and he probably doesn't need to start a game. <laughs> you know, like it could be anything. Like it, it's, uh, you know, don't forget coaches are under a bit of pressure too because um, they've got to name a team list by Tuesday. And again, being a coach, I... Sometimes naming a team five days before a game is impossible. But the game actually finds you if you get it massively wrong or whatever. So, you know, there's so many things that go into that, mate. Yeah, for sure. Um, Look, I'm going back to the Roosters, though. Very excited for what they have in store for us this season. But it's going to be a very interesting one from them. I think that's what we... It's going to be a really intriguing watch. Because sure. most people predicted them for the title. <laughs> I don't care what they say. Mm. Um, they did. And, you know, one thing that I don't think you and I will do, Les, is hide from what we said in the preseason, you know? Like, I'm certainly more than happy to be held accountable for anything I said in the preseason, especially as I put 16 of the eight uh, of the teams in the eight. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, we'll <laughs> move on to the next team here we've got the Parramatta Eels now look we don't know what to think about Parramatta the fans say that they're going to win the comp every year but we all know in the back of our minds it might it's probably not going to be the case um but look I really do like Parra and I'm liking the direction that they're going in and I think that Mitchell Moses and Dylan Brown are really starting to click and they're really starting to form a really good combination there for the Parramatta Eels what are your thoughts on Parramatta Massive chance. Massive chance. They've been improving every single year. If you look at the ladder finishes, they've actually been improving every year, last couple of years. I think they had one big dip, but now they're improving every year. So, to me, unless something goes completely wrong this year, they're going to be in and around the top four. Um, Which is, if you're in the top four, you're a chance of the Premiership, as far as I'm concerned. I think Brad Arthur has learned from his last couple of years, where Parramatta have sort of dipped a bit, approaching the finals. Last year, they dipped a bit early and then sort of came up a bit, but probably left the run a little bit too late. There's a lot in their performances that suggests to me they're just happy to win one, maybe lose one. They're never happy to lose one, but not stress too much if you lose one. Their combinations don't quite seem to be completely and utterly on fire yet, but they're good enough. I don't think they're as far behind in that sense as the Roosters at the minute. There's also another 
caveat, right? Back when more people used to read newspapers than they do now, the Daily Telegraph sales used to go up by a percentage or two if Parramatta were on the back page. So if they decided to put Parramatta on the back page, they'd sell more newspapers. So if we think about the media in its current format, it is in their interest to talk as much about Parra as they can. And I do think Mitchell Moses is a fantastic player that, as again, again, I'd probably a bit too much discourse about him. So that he probably sometimes second guesses himself a bit. But he's a year older, he's a year wiser. A lot of their combinations have been together for a while. So I like Marnie, I like Moses. And then you've got Gutho at the back. That's an interesting spine. They've got a good prop rotation. Some decent outside backs. A lot of them have been together for a while. Brad Arthur's a good coach. Have you noticed Brad Arthur's job's never really been under any pressure? Like, it, it, it gets mentioned a bit, but... Um, and he's also won premierships at lower level, so he knows what to do. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be very, very exciting football from Parramatta over the next few weeks. And I think they've been looking quite impressive too, and, and especially Dylan Brown. He's turned from a solely defensive 5'8 to a really flary one. I had a bit of flair about him last season, but I think this year he's really turned it on and he's really looking good. Uh, we look at and again, the- again, that's a sorry, mate. That's a sign of good of good coaching too. If players improve, for sure. Um, we'll look at this signings column now. We've got Bailey Simonson. He's signed, come over from Canberra, and he signed until the end of this season. Uh, and then we've obviously got Mitch Rain also till the end of this season from the Gold Coast. Bailey Simonson, if you watched a bit of him last year, he was really good when he came in for Canberra. Played a bit of fullback while Chance was out, obviously, with that injury, uh, that neck injury, and then played a lot of footy on the wing and scored a try or two basically every game. He was electric. Coming over to Parramatta now, I think he's going to be a really good winger. Uh, did you watch much of Bailey Simonson? And if you did, what are your thoughts on him and his signing? Solid player. Anything that's come out of Canberra in the last couple of years has been all right. The late, great Pete Mulholland probably recruited him. Um, so anybody who recruits, I've got wraps on basically <laughs> until they get proven otherwise. Um, so it's not a bad signing. Same with Mitch Rain, another solid footballer. Again, I don't think... You know, these these signings are a little bit reminiscent of the kind of thing that Melbourne Storm might do, actually, these kind mm. of players. I'm pointing at the screen as if people can see my finger. The um, <laughs> But, you know, that's the kind... You know, if, if Melbourne signed them, everyone would be going, oh, Bellamy, he's done it again. They found somebody, he's going to turn them... In. Well, if they were in that... If they were in Melbourne's column, you'd be saying... You'd, that's exactly what you'd be saying about them. And then mm. when I compare that to the losses... I don't think anybody's going to be losing any sleep about watching that losses column. Mm. With all due respect, I mean, every single one of them good footballers, but, you know, didn't get them to a premiership. So you've got to try something a bit different. Um, You know what else impressed me, shifting again to the next column, Mm. is that Ryan Matteson didn't play last week. Yeah, he was injured. Yeah, he's he's a front liner. 
Mm. And they beat Melbourne in Melbourne. So hang on a minute. Like, they beat Melbourne in Melbourne. <laughs> like, that's the kind of thing that premiership winning teams do. Yeah. And I, I know Cronulla pulled the pants down a bit the week before, but it wasn't a shellacking. It was a close game. And if you lose a close game by four or six or whatever, you can, that means you can easily win it. And they're two from three, and I reckon that they're, they're going fine. They're going fine. I still think they've got plenty of improvement in them. And I think that's a great sign. I really do. I really do. I well, wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a Penrith and Para grand final now. I um, honestly wouldn't. It's. I had something to say, but then I completely forgot what I was going to say. But um, oh, that's what I was going to say. Ray Stone. I should have put him in the losses column here because he has done his ACL and he'll be out for the season. Um, and he's obviously going to the Dolphins next year. So I think that's a bit of a big loss there for Parramatta. He, his defense is outstanding. Really. Are you looking at yourself there? Is that you in the calendar? No, I'm changing my Man City calendar. That's Riyad Mahrez who plays for Manchester City. Every year since I've been on this earth, my dad buys me a Manchester City calendar for Christmas. And even at the age of 43 years of age, he still sends it over to me from England. So there you go. And I just forgot, and we tipped into we tipped into April, um, and now I can't hook it on. the um, the 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 big thing about that try last week, yeah, it was that he was there in that position. Hope you don't mind me doing this while we're recording. That adds a bit of flavour to it. The, the um, he he was there. He was there in that position. Mm. He was hunting. And if he didn't get there, I think there was a couple of others who might have got there as well. That's a sign. I think they're all working for each other, Para. I think they all want it. There's a, you know, Gutho as a captain is a kind of person that does bring people together. And Gutho's popular because of the kind of all-effort game he plays all the time. He leaves nothing in the tank when he plays. And he's all action and he's, he's always in the screen and he's putting his body on the line. And, and when you've got a captain like that, your team feed off it. Yeah, for team sure. Feed off it. He he was his defense as well over the past few weeks and even into last season is sensational. And yeah, it's 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 a bit of a loss there for Parramatta, especially going mm. into the next season. But talking specifically about this season though, their losses column, Joey Lussick, who we were talking about before, yeah. uh, he was in the Super League. He came over to Parramatta for a season. He's going back to St. Helens for twenty twenty two. Uh, Will Smith obviously went to the Gold Coast. He played last night. Uh, he's going back. He's going to the Gold Coast until 2022. Like Ferguson, we all know the situation with him, so I won't delve too deep into that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Michael Oldfield, Sam Hughes, a young gun, and Jordan Rankin, uh, who was probably one of the New South Wales Cup's standouts for Parramatta. Uh, he's, they've all been released. Uh, and then Keegan Hibgrave, obviously shock retirement. Um, I don't remember what really happened there, but I'm pretty sure it was something to do with a leg injury uh, that saw him. That one's real sad. That one's real sad because he mm. he was a great talent, and his 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 career just got impacted by injury so much. So, yeah, I feel sorry for Keegan there. Yeah, same here. It was a really tough one hearing about that, and it was one that I didn't really expect. But um, look, as you said doesn't really phase us too much. If it was a Moses or a Gutho we saw walking out the door, I think it'd phase us a little bit more. But uh, mm. most of these guys, uh, they won't have the biggest impact as they leave 
the, well, not the biggest impact. I worded that a bit poorly, but they won't have the, they won't be the biggest losses uh, going into this. Yeah, season. and they're all they're all fine football. There's no two mm. ways about that. But there's there's losses and there's losses, you know. So. Mm. Um, off contract though, we talked about Ryan Madison, Tom Opacek, mm-hmm. who mm. has been in and out of the starting side. I think he's a really talented center and a great get from the North Queensland Cowboys last season. He was phenomenal in most games last season. A prolific try scorer, really flary center as well. Uh, what are your thoughts? I, 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 if my respect level for Tom was there, it went through the roof when he performed so well in the semis last year. I think it was the semis, and his I think his his brother had died or something like that. Yeah. Um, the morning of the game or whatever. And I always think when I see those kind of things, you know, mental fortitude, heart determination but also focus and professionalism and um I'd, I'd chuck another 50 grand at him to play just for that like it, those qualities if you get them in a team that, that's another reason why i think this is this kind of thing that are making para uh, a good shout a real good shout they've been building for a while and you know there's a fair, there's an argument to say that if they don't do it this year they won't do it kind of thing but um, yeah, they're just a real solid outfit. They're just a like, real solid outfit. We saw a lot of solid people in the team. Uh, well, that's what I was going to ask. Do you think it's going to take one more year to get them to that top two, top four sort of ranking, or do you think it it's this year? I don't know enough about their salary cap situation and everything else to say, oh, this has got to be this year, whatever. I just always think with Para, they're just missing a bit of something. Right, whether it's a, a Boyd Corner type back rower or a, um, a Cooper Cronk type half, or a, um, maybe an outside back, somebody the likes of English or something, you know, just something like that. Because when you when you see a team win a grand final, like all the talk was of Nathan Cleary's kicking game and his role in the victory last year and the intercept try. So you talk about individuals, don't you, and what they did. And sometimes when you look at Para, you just wonder if they're just missing one or two individuals like that. And um, But that is also their strength too, because what that does is that it means they're more likely to finish higher up the ladder because they perform each week. What you see is what you get absolutely every week. And I think, and also a sign of a good coach team, a well-coached team is that they do turn up for each other all the time what they don't want to do is use too much energy so that they've got none left by the end of the year. And I just think, you know, there was an occasion the other day where Moses was shouting for the ball and it didn't go to him, for example. The press turned on him a bit, NRL 360, and said it was, you know, that's not good, it's not a good sign. To me, that's rubbish. It's probably Reed Marnie being just as... Uh, confident in his decision making as, as that of Moses like it's mm. it's better to have more options and no options kind of thing and I don't think it's a slight on Moses at all or whatever 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 that, that's just the press trying to create something if you ask me um, Moses is a year older and a year wiser he's got some origin under his belt now he's a damn good footballer what Moses needs to do is get a bit like Luke Brooks but nowhere near as bad he's always been a calmer footballer in that sense just a few less trick plays just control things just you know, strangle the opposition with with uh, control a little bit. Um, like you say, the five eight is growing in 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 stature now as well. 
Um, and Guthall has got yet another year at the back and he plays a bit like a pivotal player anyway, like he does pass the ball when he needs to and stuff like that. So I just think their balance is really good. Like, I don't think there's any point in the team where you go, oh, yeah, we'll target that because he's weaker or we'll target that because he's weaker. Um, whether they've got enough quality to win the big games that matter will be will be counterbalanced by the amount of time they spend together and how strong that structure is and how much they fight for each other. So I think they're a really, really good chance for the Premiership. And I don't think it'll do them any harm if they lose a couple of games along the way just to keep them, uh, keep revisiting where they're at all the time, you know? So, yeah, I, uh, I, really, I really like the look of them, mate. I really like the look of them, I do. I, do. I just wonder if there might be one signing short, that's all. But... Be very interesting. I'm excited too. You've got me excited, Lee. It's not often that you get me excited, but you've really got me excited now. I'm really going to be looking really deeply into this Parramatta game then, I, I guess. Um, it, I can't I guess, wait. I guess, I guess I'm thinking that them and Pat Penrith are the two most complete teams at the minute in the sense that they all know the role. They all work for each other. Hmm. You know, we've just talked about the Roosters and we just said that there might be a bit of confusion or whatever it may be, or they might not be quite clicking. So those two are the two teams that, that to me, look look the most likely. Yeah, for sure. Totally. And I'm very excited for these next few games of Rugby League. There we go, guys. You've heard it from the one and only Lee. And thank you again for coming on. It was an absolute You're all right, pleasure. mate. Absolutely. You're all right, mate. Sorry for ruining all your dreams about South. <laughs> it's all right. I forgive you. I forgive you, Lee. Um, Take care, lad. Take care and thank you guys for listening on to another episode of the Halftime Chat. Well,